well, it's division, really. That's what we're talking about in our country. And we know there's the political division, and uh, we know there's regional division. And where does that come from? Well, in large part, it might come from our geography. I mean, Canada is a extremely unique country, relatively speaking. It is massive. It's huge. I think it's the second largest country in the world. But uh, when it comes to population, we're, we're not that massive. We're quite small. Um, and the population that we do have is relatively concentrated in one area right along the border. It's not all that spread out evenly. So you take a look at this politics. Political, uh, political situation in our country, and you can see that we have regional disparities, right? The West, Central Canada, Quebec, the Maritimes, BC, all of them, very, very different. Ben Woodfinden is a doctoral candidate and political theorist at McGill, and he recently wrote a piece on Canada and the cold, hard truth of our geography and what it means for us as a country. He joins us now. Ben, thanks for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time. Good to be with you. You know, basically since Confederation, um, the talk in Canada, in one way or another, is about bringing the country together, uniting the country. I mean, you can talk about the railroad, the Trans-Canada Highway. That's always been sort of a focus of politics in our country, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you said in your um, in your introduction, um, we're the second largest country in the world. So um, keeping keeping Canada together is going to be a uh, it's going to be a unique kind of task for us, and it might be something that's going to require um, a kind of more uh, energetic energetic role for. Um, for different stakeholders, whether that's the government or private players, but um, keeping keeping Canadians from east to west, from north to south, connected is going to require uh, the kind of energy that other countries might be able to take for granted. You know, if you can hop in your car or yeah. um, the train for you know thirty minutes and get somewhere else, that's one thing. But if the you know for a, as a continental nation, it's going to look, look quite different. Yeah, exactly right, and you know, and we're in a different era now. Uh, you know, back in the days of the railroad, that was the big push to unite the country. We're not in that that area anymore. It's a little bit different. So, what what's dividing us now in terms of the geography? It's still a division, but it's a different kind of division, right? Yeah, I mean, um, if you look at the way um, population Canada is distributed, uh, again, as you were uh, saying, um, we don't uh, population isn't distributed uh, evenly, right? We have uh, large most. Most Canadians live kind of within this kind of 100-mile strip of the American border, but it's spread out along uh, along the kind of a continental-wide strip, uh, you know, from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Um, and so um, keeping keeping those kinds of communities, keeping um, major cities, so let's say Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, uh, Toronto, Montreal, keeping them connected, uh, that's one thing. But lots of Canadians still live in, uh, in smaller, more remote yeah. communities. Um, and that's where I think the real challenges of the 21st century aren't just going to be keeping, you know, Toronto and Vancouver connected. It's going to be keeping uh, Canadians connected with people that live in more isolated and more remote communities. What are the issues we face there? It's not just strictly physically being isolated, but I mean, we live in a digital world too, right? That's another mm-hmm. issue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the the the, new, the the this this article that I wrote was prompted by um, some of the discussion. I think some of the I think. Um, uh, it was really downstated kind of how significant uh, Greyhound's, uh, the bus company's uh, closure, uh, leaving of Canada really was uh, for plenty of uh, communities. I know that um, in the West, uh, some of these uh, route closures happened a couple of years ago, but the, this kind of this recent announcement was um, was a was a kind of last last gasp of, of Greyhound's giving up on giving yeah. up on Canada. And something that worries me, and I think should worry other Canadians as well, is. As much as uh, as much as the digital kind of digital age is bringing us closer together in some ways, so we don't have to you know you don't necessarily have to hop in a car or a train to have a conversation with someone now or even to see their face, right? We can we can zoom with people, um, 
but I, I don't know about um, I don't know about you, but uh, the last year has really hammered home to me how if we're all kind of uh, communicating with each other just through, uh, through our phones or through our computers, yeah. it's not always conducive to good relationships. Uh, if anything, it can be conducive to quite polarizing and quite um, nasty interactions that I think you don't get um, when people actually interact with each other in the, re- the real world. Um, so as much as as much as we can take advantage of these kind of these emerging technologies, uh, it's still vital that we keep Canadians actually physically able to kind of travel across the country and interact with one another, so that we don't become, uh, you know, digital friends but virtual, the real world strangers. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. So how do we see that polarization playing out now in 2021? I mean, we know that being here in Alberta, uh, we have a completely different view of this country than uh, people, say, in Ontario or Quebec do. Um, It's more than geography, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, I think um, uh, geography certainly uh, it is it is more than geography, but geography shape. I think we 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 understate sometimes how how much geography plays a role in shaping those kinds of differences. Um, Canada isn't just a big country; it's a geographically it's quite a a varied country. Mm-hmm. Um, I noted so. For example, I live in uh, I live in Ottawa, the nation's capital. Uh, it's very hot and it's very sticky here today. And I was sitting on my uh, my balcony earlier today, thinking about this. Um, and the kind of humidity that you get, say, in somewhere like Ontario, changes uh, changes changes the way that you kind of you interact with your world. So, I, my I'm just this is a kind of a silly anecdote, but my my air conditioner uh, blew up this weekend, um, and I was talking with a uh, friend of mine who lives in Calgary, uh, and she was telling me that um, she doesn't actually have an AC uh, because she doesn't need one most of the time, uh, whereas here it would be unbearable uh, to be in a, a hot apartment without one, and so it's just little things like that that. Um, you know, that might seem really trivial, but those kind of little things that kind of shape our day-to-day lives actually do make us think about the world a little bit differently. Um, the the ways that we view the world, the way the things that, so, I mean, an AC is a good example of something. Think about how, you know, me blasting my air conditioner, what that does for, um, uh, does for something like climate change, where, mm-hmm. you know, I want my AC, so I'm going to, you know, emit, and then uh, someone in the West might look at that and say, oh, you, you know, Whatever that means for the politics of you, you in Ontario need to blast your ACs you're emitting. Well, um, you know, think about how that. I can see how that might uh, how, how that might look to say someone uh, some, someone out west. Um, so little things like that, I really do think um, we don't spend a lot of time necessarily thinking about them. But if you if you sit down and just think about these kind of little differences in our lives, they really do shape maybe how we end up viewing the world differently. So Ben, is there an answer? Is there a solution? Is there a way to get past those sometimes very small differences and be more united? Uh, well, I think it's I think it's crucial, and I think there's, a, there's definitely a role for the for the federal and the provincial governments to play here in making sure that Canadians still um, Canadians don't become a, a nation of strangers. So, um, 
keeping keeping making sure that Canadians can travel from east to west and in, in some ways encouraging them to go from east to west. I actually think really there should really be a positive role for the government to play here. Um, there's some kind of physical things, uh, tangible things that the government could do. Um, so, you know, um, in, in, in my piece, I highlighted how expensive domestic air travel is in Canada right, compared yeah. to uh, the rest of the world. And uh, that's a, it's a complicated issue. But a lot of that is to do with kind of um, how heavily taxed and regulated are domestic airlines and how little competition there is. So maybe opening up a bit of competition in terms of domestic air travel might uh, make flights a little cheaper. Um, and uh, again, small, the small, the small, the small things can add up here. But just imagine if someone's kind of, you know, they're it's post-pandemic and they're kind of perusing. They really have got that travel itch and they want to go somewhere. Well, they're, and they're looking at flights and they see a, you know, a flight to I don't know Florida or Arizona and a flight to Vancouver yeah. or to Calgary or to Toronto, depending on where you are. Um, you know, people people follow their wallets, right? Yep, um, absolutely. So, um, you know, making incentivizing and making it a bit more affordable for Canadians to actually be able to get from different parts of the country to another. I think slowly uh, could make a tangible uh, difference in uh, how Canadians view each other. When we understand that we're all uh, we're one country, we're not just a, a collection of different different people just kind of awkwardly awkwardly stuck together on a map. Yeah, I think that's a huge point. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't agree with you more. Thanks very much, Ben. Some great insights. Some interesting things to think about there. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. That is Ben Woodfinden, who is a doctoral candidate and political theorist at McGill University.